episode four of the Midwest Babylon podcast. We always got a heater for you. Alice Chain superfan Dusty Hirsch, and of course, Game of Thrones. Stay tuned. All right, this week's interview is Mr. Dusty Hirsch, a.k.a. Allison Chains superfan. I have known for all, over a decade, which is most of the guests that we do. Is that right, Joe? <laughs> decade, decade and a half? Roughly, yes. Roughly ballpark. And uh, a huge Allison Chains fan. Thought I was a big Allison Chains fan, but nothing compared to that I know of. Personally, this guy. Um and uh, something crazy happened the day before Easter on uh, April 19th that I had to have him on, had to talk about it because uh, it, it was it's fucking amazing. It was just nuts. And it was one of those shows that I was possibly going to go to, but because of Easter, Joe coming to town with the, the chitlin, uh, I ended up not going. Um, and uh, I kind of regret it a little bit. But uh, anyways, so Mr. Dusty Hirsch, Allison Chain super fan. What the hell happened on April 19th? Yeah, it was uh, it was one for the books. I I've been to I don't know twelve or thirteen shows and met some other big Allison Chain super fans over the years of shows and I don't think anyone's ever seen anything quite like that. It's pretty amazing. So leading up to it, uh, last September, uh, my brother and I, who's probably a bigger Chains fan than I am, or at least as big. Him and I got to meet a guy named Brian Herb, or he goes by Herb. Um, Jerry's guitar tech, super cool dude. Um, I befriended him on Facebook a while back, and he accepted me, which is kind of cool. So, okay, so back up a little bit. So, how did you how did you meet him originally? Just I, just through Facebook? No, yeah, I shouldn't say I met him. So I, I knew who he was, just being a fan. I, I you know I knew who he was. That he was Jerry. I mean, Jerry to me is. Like, uh, you know, a god. So, of course, I knew who he was. And when we were in Denver last September, um, I don't remember the name of the venue. It's all right on Colfax. One of those kind of well-known small clubs, like 3,000 people. Is that the one I was at with you? Uh, no, this is a different one. This was... Uh, Ogden? My... Ogden? Fillmore? No, Fillmore. No. I think it's yeah. Fillmore. Fillmore, yeah. I've seen chains at, I think, one time at every place in Denver so far, so I get confused which is which. But, uh, anyways, so after the show in September, um, we we yelled out, Hey, Herb, you know, and he's super cool and gave us a set list, and he talked to us for a few minutes. I could tell he's super down-to-earth kind of dude. So I friended him on Facebook, and uh, I knew I was going to the show in Minneapolis, you know, when the tickets came out, like probably what, January, I suppose, I, you know, bought them the minute they came out, like a nerd. Totally no reason to do that, but <laughs> didn't want to get a chance of it selling out. Anyhow, um, 
I wanted to do something different for this show, and I knew I'd be on the rail because I'm a, again, a, I'm a nerd. I get in line hours before the doors open. So the idea I came up with, and and what I ultimately executed was that Brian Herb dresses up all the time in bib overalls. Even that is, I believe, is his wedding. He's wearing a custom set of overalls for his wedding. So. I figure more than likely he's going to wear overalls, and you just don't see that too often. Matter of fact, I've never worn them in my life until the day of the show. And uh, my dad works at a local print shop, so we, um, with the help of a gal at work, we got on Brian's Facebook and found a good selfie of himself that he took and printed it out on a piece of like foam core cardboard or whatever it is called and uh, made it like 25% bigger. Um, than a normal head so it kind of sticks out and when we got to the show I posted a picture of myself and I tagged Herb in it and said you know there's been a Herb sighting downtown Minneapolis or something funny like that so right after I did that not right after I did that probably 30 or 45 minutes after I did that um, Mike Inez is guitar tech who's also the photographer for Alice in Chains he's the dude if you've ever been to Alice in Chains show you've seen Scotty um, running around because he's got dreadlocks that go down to pass his ass. And he came out, he didn't have his camera or nothing with him, but he came out and he's seen me in line and he's like, oh man, there's there's Herb 2.0 or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's badass, you know, and, and uh, he's seen me. So, and of course I was first in line, but I think we lined up like at 1230 or one o'clock or something like that. The doors don't open until seven. So okay. I was first in line. That shit's that's crazy early, brother. Yeah, it sucks because you know if you're like me, if you if you even if you don't have to pee, but if you know you can't pee, you have to pee. So. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I wasn't able to really do much. You know, it couldn't. I was about pretty much dehydrated. To be honest, with you. by the time the show was over, I was like totally dehydrated. But uh, anyways, doors open, got in line. Um, I actually met. Uh, I don't know if I told you this before, but I met a father and son at the show. Um, really cool dudes from, uh, where the hell are they from? Oh, St. Louis. And, um, <laughs> they remember me from the show in Denver, actually. They were in line right behind me at that show, too, which is super funny. That's fucking small world, man. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're cool dudes. They're actually, they hit up all three American stops on this Canadian tour. They're Minneapolis the 19th, Milwaukee the 20th, and Peoria the 21st on Easter Sunday. But, anyhow... Get in front of the line, stand right in front of Jerry, and I've probably had that same spot out of the 12 or 13 shows I've been to, I've probably had that same spot probably six or seven times, like the best spot, you know what I mean, like if you ever go to Allison Chain show, if you haven't been to one yet, if you get there early, get in front of Jerry, That's he's, he's the best, that's the best place to be. So City and Color, the opening band, did their thing, it wasn't a band, it's a dude, his name was Dallas, did a great job, Herb came out, and Herb lives in Minneapolis. So Herb had his kiddos there and his wife and whatnot. So this is like his hometown. Like this is his hometown show, yeah. And so, it, so did you know that do, before I, doing I, this? I actually realized he's from Minneapolis pretty much when I decided I was going to dress up as him. I'd seen that on his Facebook because he doesn't post very much. Up until recently, he's been posting every day uh, pictures from behind the scenes of uh, shows. But I didn't know that right away. Then I realized it. To be honest with you, I didn't think it'd make that big of a difference, anyways. But it, it turned out that it did, and we'll get to that. But um, so his wife actually 
spotted me and they pointed and laughed and and obviously Herb knew I was gonna dress up as him, so I him on Facebook. And I even I even put something on Instagram the day before I left when I got the bibs and the mask done that day, like two days before the show on that would have been on a Wednesday evening. I tagged him too, and I'm sure he's seen it then. Um anyways he came down and and he thought it was super funny. You know, and he got a selfie with me on his phone. Then I asked him, of course, if I could get a couple of pictures, and we got a few pics with them. And and you know, that's that's that is pretty funny. And this so, is this is this is all before the show. Yeah, yeah, yep. before the show. So he's running Jerry's. So was he already, Jerry's mic and everything? Was he already rocking the bib overalls? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he wears those. He wears those fuckers <laughs> every day. Like I guarantee, he wears them every day. Hell like yes. I went back in his pictures on his Instagram, his Facebook. Yeah, he wears them all the time, so it's pretty funny. Um, for years, actually, you check out his YouTube channel too. He has his own uh, his own band, and he he rocks them out for you know his own shows and everything. So he came out, took his selfies with me, and and, and Max and uh, and his dad, whose name has left me. Um, that you know, we were just having a ball. Like, oh, Herb, you know, came out and. And they're like, oh, you should get to sell this from him after the show for sure. And I was like, dude, that's just, like, that's awesome. Like, because, you know, I'm going to, like, I'm an attention whore. Like, I've, I've been to shows, we can get that a little bit too, and I've got a little bit of uh, attention from the band members. But, you know, my, my mission in life, like, for any of the fans of any band, and, you know, I know you're a huge Alice Chains fan too, like, just to meet the band would be crazy because they don't do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, you know, been around a while, big enough rock stars. Like, they just don't really... T- I've met people, or I've seen on Facebook or the internet how the band has met people, like, for meet and greets, but I've never even had the opportunity for a meet and greet, and I would have paid anything, you know what I'm saying, to, to be able to meet these dudes. So, the show starts, and it starts with Bleed the Freak, great song, and Jerry comes out, and he... You know, Jerry's Jerry, super professional. He's right in front of me. His eyes are closed for most of the song, I think. You know what I mean? And he's just rocking and rolling. And the next song is when the you know, the lights kind of come up a little bit. It was still pretty dark. And I'm like, you know, five... Well, how do I exaggerate? How, how far would it be? I'm six, seven, eight feet from Jerry. Straight ahead, dead center. And I have that mask up, and he just lets out this huge laugh and giggle. And matter of fact, he's like ripping into a guitar, so he puts his head down. And I tried finding this on YouTube because there's a bunch of footage on YouTube of this of the show, luckily. And I'm not able to find this particular moment because I don't see this song on YouTube. But he puts his head down during the guitar solo, like totally unorthodox, and kind of laughs about it. And and then after. I don't know, probably three or four more songs. Um, he comes out in front of me, and he, and he again, he's in another big solo, and he gives me a guitar pick that he's playing with. Then he gets on the microphone. He's like, and I don't remember the exact words he said, because I was so close for this show. It was actually hard to hear. Like when they're just talking on the microphone a few different times, it's just very so difficult loud. to what to hear them. Like it was, you could you could tell the audio right up front wasn't the best as far as that goes. Right. He said something to the effect of like, hey man, he's like, I'm paying you to tune my guitars, like, what the hell are you doing out in the crowd watching the show from there or whatever, and people, like, you know, I could hear or feel people pat me on the back, oh, cool, you know, and people laughing, and 
And I was like, oh, man, you just got right in my face, give me a pig, called me out on the show and, and talked about it. Like, God, I can't get much better than that, right? So, well, I was going to say, so at, at that point, you're thinking like, dude, it, it, all it was this, success. All, all this was worth it, paid yeah, absolutely. off. Yeah, totally successful. And, uh, um, and you know, I, I, I went to the show by myself to recap. He giggled and laughed at me. So this fat kid was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's like getting married or having my son over again, I had like the, the high going, gave me that pick, which is super cool that he actually used, and, uh, you know, he giggled, laughed at me, whatever, so, kick-ass show, they sounded awesome, it was great, got a bunch of cool pictures on my phone, and it comes time for the encore, and earlier in that day, they were sound-checking Sludge Factory, and the song died, which I've never heard live, and they're super rare songs to hear live. So I'm pretty pumped up, like, oh, maybe they'll come out with that. And I'm just talking to the, my new buddy that I made, Max. And I'm like, oh, man, what a crazy show. we got, like, what, four or five more songs? And he's like, yeah, hopefully, you know. And then all, all, all of a sudden, there's this dude, like, right in my face. Got this kind of a, not real long, but a semi-long um, gray gold tee, goatee. <clears throat> and he's like, hey, man, Journey's backstage right away. And it was such a surreal moment. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what? Jerry, Jerry who, man? Jerry who? <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, I think a guy's fucking with me or something, but he's on the other I'm on the rail. He's on the good side of the rail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell by the way, super stress, anxious dude, high-strung dude. He's like, he's like, hey, man, come on. Like, the band wants you backstage right away. Can you go back or not? I'm like, okay, for what? Like, yeah, let's go, you know? And. And he's like, they want to, they want you to give Jerry a guitar on stage to pretend to be Herb. And he's like, grab your mask, let's go. So I'm on the rail, and I'm, I guess, in front of Jerry, who's usually on his left hand side of the stage. But I still got quite a ways to go to the inside of the stage. So they had this big security dude with a strobe flashlight, and he gets flashlight up, and he's telling his people, back up, back up, back up. So I'm, you know. <laughs> I don't even hardly remember doing it, to be honest with you. I, it was like I won the lottery, right? Like, what am I going to do with this money that I just won? I had that feeling that I had. Yeah. And I'm walking down the stage, and, you know, they've got, like, these these black fence rails, super heavy duty. <laughs> when I get to go behind the stage, all of a sudden, I'm at the crossroads. Like, these this fence coming north to south and east to west in front of the stage come together, but it's as big enough space uh, it's probably like a foot maybe like 10 inches and i'm a big dude so i'm like this ain't gonna stop me like this ain't gonna stop me so i just barreled through that fucker like a bull i'm a tank i'm a tank (laughs) (laughs) boom just busted right through you know and and, it didn't break anything but i mean definitely made a kaboom and and after this it was so fast you know it just happened so quick there's a video of it out there, of course. Luckily, a few people recorded it for me. But I, I, I go through this fence, and then I'm back behind stage, and the dude grabs my shoulders, like, pat my back. He's like, this would be cool, man. And and I, I walk up these aluminum steps, and I go behind his curtains, and here's Sean Kenny on top of the steps. like He's, like, giving me a hug. He's like, come on, man. This is going to be cool, you know? And, God damn, dude. And I'm Amazing. like, Sean, Sean, I don't know what to do, man. Like, what are we doing? He's like, fuck, no one knows what we're doing. Let's just have fun. <laughs> And I went for it. I, I got to the top of the stage, and next thing you know, I'm walking out on the stage. Jerry's talking, and 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 I, I'm at 
am I really understanding what he's saying? And super bright lights, and they, and they put the mask right in front of my face, and and next thing you know, I look to my right, and and there's William drinking a cup of coffee, he's kind of looking at me, like, you can tell William is almost confused, like, what am I doing up here? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? And, uh... Like, someone someone didn't let him almost, into the secret? It almost or seemed like it, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just bizarre. And... And, th- and that's the point where I knew I fucked up because I was supposed to give Jerry a guitar. And <laughs> one fucking job to do, man. I didn't have any guitars. And dude, I mean, it, anyone who is a fan of Cantrell knows he's had some of those guitars, dude, since the very beginning. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like since oh, yeah. way, way beginning, like 1990. And there's nothing more than I love to be able to get my hands on one of those just with a picture of me holding that fucker. But anyways, I'm already on stage, and I, I remember them. I, I knew they were cheering for me, and Jerry said some of the fact. He looked at me and said, "Is that all you got? Come on!" And everyone started cheering. So I like took put the mask down. And I put my hands up in the air, and I looked like King Kong Bundy up there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Yeah, cheer, you know, cheer for me." What? Like, like I'm thinking, am I gonna win something? Like, you gonna give me something or? Yeah. You know, I'm already on stage, which is good enough, but it was, the, it, the, 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 the thoughts running through my head, I don't even remember if I had any. I just knew. That's pure adrenaline, man. You it got, was. You it have was no idea. 110%. I was like, I, dude, two minutes ago, I was standing in the crowd waiting for the encore. Now I'm on fucking stage with my heroes. You yeah, know what I mean? Not only that, but you were in the crowd thinking, hey, you hit the Mecca, you got your pick, and then, like, Take that up a hundred percent, dude. Oh yeah, thousand percent. Freaking insane, man. Totally, it was, it was, uh, dude. Totally, it's like nothing will ever live up to that. So I'm up there, and and I'm but, thinking, but, I'm ch- but also yeah. when you when you went up there, you were recording, like you had the mask on and you had your phone going, didn't you? Yeah. So when when I was backstage walking those steps, I actually stopped and I took a time. Just I just took a. A breath, you know what I mean? Because I don't know, I don't think I was breathing that whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think I forgot to breathe. <laughs> and I busted my phone out, and, and uh, um, as you know, Androids are the best phones of all time, so I got the quick camera button. <laughs> hit the record. <laughs> That's a little Easter egg there. Hit the, hit the record, and I put it in my bib pocket, thinking, man, I'm going to get like a fucking... Uh, a point of view, whatever, you know, a, a, a first-person view, well, hell no, it didn't work with the shit because the camera, my phone, went down about, <coughs> excuse me, about a quarter-inch too far down my pocket. The, 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 the pocket's about a quarter-inch too deep. It would have been perfect, and I wish I would have even thought of something, how to make it work better for uh, yeah. memories of a lifetime. <laughs> Anyways, I'm up there, Herb's up there. Next scene, I turn around, Herb's barreling at me like a goddamn bull, and he gives me, like, one of those, like, you jump up and bump your bellies together. <laughs> he gave me one of those. Touchdown! Yeah. And then he, and then I'm like, well, all right, you know, let's get tough, you know what I mean? So I kind of get down to, like, my three-point stance or whatever you call it, like, football. And that's when Cantrell looked over at me, and you can hear in the video, he's like, hey, man, no herb on herb crime. That's not cool or, or whatever he said exactly, something along those lines. So that's what that's all about when you watch the video. He's talking to me because I was I was down like with my right hand on the ground. You know what I mean? Like kind of like yeah. like you're lighting up like a football player or whatever, like yep, a center yep. or whatever. So that all happened, and and they brought me up for a picture. And I seen Scotty down there, so I put the 
the face mask up and Ken Shell's next to me and put his arm around me and and um actually right before then I was pulling my phone out of my pocket and I wanted to record the stage and, and just get a good view of what I was seeing, dude, because it was fucking crazy the amount of people out there, you know, on the floor, and the second floor, then the third floor, whatever you call it. Because this, this, you know, was, two tiers. this was the armory, right? In the armory, yeah. yeah. And, and Jerry walks up to me, put his hand out, and I did my hands, you know, one hand is my mask, one hand is my phone, so I slammed my phone in my other hand, and he just, he just shook, you know, I don't remember exactly what he said, something about thanks for playing along or thanks for being a good sport or something like this. And I just my, put my hand out, and I'm like, thanks, Jerry, I love you. That's all I can think of to say, you know what I mean? It just came, but, just dude, flowed. if you said that, you kept your shit together, man. You could have been like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I was, for not having my shit together, I really actually <laughs> had it together. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. really, truly did. So anyway, I told Jerry I loved him, and, and he turned around, and he, they said, you know, it, it basically, the, the contest was, who is the real hometown Herb, and, and Herb from Minneapolis, so he's a hometown guy, so this is something you could tell they just, who knows, maybe, maybe, the, the way I like to think about it, since Jerry was kind of giggling at me throughout the show with my mask on, and giving me nods of approval. Like, he never grew irritated or tired of it. He thought it was funny the whole time. Yeah. Even during the encore, the last song, The Rooster, he gave me another big smile and, and gave me the guitar pick from that song as well. But I think he... I, I like to think, and it's probably not true, maybe he was singing of this, like the whole concert, like, oh, man, the encore, we're going to do this and do this and do that and call it Hometown Herb Contest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But whether that happened, I don't know. But it did, it did end up happening regardless. So, But yeah, so then... I'm, I'm walking off stage. So Herb won. You know, he got cheered the loudest. And and I'm like, well, I feel like a dope. Like I just got beat. But, of course, that's the way it's supposed to. I'm supposed to fall on a sword, basically, for Herb. This is his deal. Right. And um, he, uh, I went to walk off stage. And, again, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing very well what's happening. You know what I mean? My left ear, I thought I, like, burst my eardrum because it was actually just I felt like there was water in my ear all night, my left ear. I don't know what's going on with that. I just couldn't hear where the shit. So I'm walking off stage, had I'm totally oblivious that it looked like Sean wanted me to come up to the microphone and talk, say something. But Sean in the video can hear him say, "Oh well, he's uh, he just you know he just wandered off. That's what those herbs do." Or something. he said something funny like that, <laughs> and he's a f- super funny dude. So anyways, I get out the side of the stage, couple of the band, the the crew guys. Sent a few selfies with me, and um, Herb gave me a big, huge hug, and he was so excited. And and I remember just how genuinely appreciative I felt like he was of me for doing that. But I was confused. I'm like, dude, you guys are the rock stars. Like, you brought me on stage. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. But I mean, think about it. Those guitar techs, like, they bust their ass, and they don't, you know, they don't get to go on stage in front of fans and stuff. Like, right. I'm sure. Pretty- pretty selfless job you know yeah, exactly and i'm sure 99 percent of people don't know who brian herb is and now he's got a few more fans in minneapolis he didn't have before hopefully anyways you know yeah um so went down for the encore i, I asked the dude if i could he's like do you want me to help you get back to your seat or where do you where do you want to go do you want to go up in the vip and yeah. up top <laughs> well i was up top and i really didn't so I, wanted to, I just wanted to watch the show and and be close to the band and then i'm thinking well maybe they'll get me backstage after the band or the show possibly and so i 
I wasn't able to get back to my seat because they weren't going to move for me. Like, I wasn't even going to try to fucking move 25 people off the rail so I could slide by them. Like, the crowd was actually getting really rowdy. There's a lot of people, um, you know, crowd surfing or whatever you call it. And, and uh, I kind of stayed on the side of the stage and people were like, oh, man, it's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, did you get that on video? Did you record that? You know, and no one did, unfortunately. But anyways, they played their four encore songs. They ended with Rooster and... And I, and I worked my way up a little bit closer, where I wasn't terribly far from Cantrell. I mean, it's still a ridiculously good spot I had. And I threw my mask before my time, and, and he gave me like, the same nod and pointed at me and smiled that he did the first time on the show. Like, he was still pumped up about it, which is cool. And he actually gave the security dude who was standing in front of me the whole night um, the pick keys for the rooster. And I got that as well, so that would be going somewhere safe right. in my home and then after the show herb came out and and uh we laughed about it again and, and his kids were out there so he just asked about the mask and where i got it or whatever and i'm like yeah dude you, you know this do you want to you want to keep this maybe even better off with you and and he's like well i didn't want to ask you or whatever he said he's like i don't want to ask you but if you want to give it to me and i will get a lot of laughs out of it and you'll probably see it posted on you know social media and i'm like yeah man that's that's totally cool. Just take it, give it, you know, whatever you want to do. So his kids actually had it, and um, and uh, after the show, and, and my buddy Max, like I said, he went to the next two shows, and <laughs> he talked to Brian both nights. I think he talked to him both nights. Definitely talked to him one of the nights. He Facebook messaged me and said, yeah, Herb, you know, had the mask. He was showing people before the show, and then I talked to him about you and said you were a really good sport and blah, blah, blah. So... It was a super cool time, and then after the show, you know, I've, I've never, the only band I've ever met, and that was, that was with you, actually, that was Mike Inez, um, on his birthday, which is also my dad's birthday, May 17th, we met those guys in Sioux Falls, yeah. we got to meet Mike, rather, in Sioux Falls, which is a super cool experience, you know, he signed my, well, actually, my brother Daniels, he's a huge fan, signed the banner, Daniel, I mean, that said, happy birthday, and gave us a bunch of pics. Yep, that was yeah, so that so that was cool. That was the only time I've ever got to meet anyone or even come close to meeting anyone from Allison Chains, right? Yeah. So after the show, we uh, took a bunch of pictures of the people. People are just tripping out when they see me. Oh, before that, so another guy from Allison Chains who, to me, is invaluable for that band. His name is Baldy. You may have heard of the Baldy's blogs. He hasn't done them for quite some time for some reason, which is a bummer. Um but he does Baldi's blogs. He's like a tour manager of Allison Chains. I think he's been with them dude since the very beginning, like since the very beginning. And he's kind of a secretive kind of guy. He doesn't have social media that I know of. He doesn't put himself out there on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. I didn't even know for sure what he looked like. I happened to find a picture of him um, on the internet a while back, and I kind of had an idea what he looked like. Um, but Max's dad's like, hey, there's Baldi right there. So I got to talk to Baldi a little bit which is super cool, and he said something to the fact of, like, yeah, I've never seen nothing quite like that, you know, at a, at a, at a show here for us, and that made me feel kind of cool, and got to talk to him for a little while. Anyways, we went outside, took some more pictures with some, you know, some people, a bunch of drunk people, and we went around the side of the venue, and we waited there, and even though the security people weren't none too friendly, um, they really wanted us out of there. We were waiting on the sidewalk, which is a which, you know, that's their job. Security people, they want you out of there. The band doesn't want to be harassed. Right. I totally get it. I'd be the same way. 
but it did. We did stick around long enough, and I got to meet. Um, I got to meet Sean and Mike, which is super cool. So, you know, I was I was still wearing the bib overalls, obviously, and they recognized me right away from being up there and and get my pictures with them and talk to them and just kind of hung out for a while. They weren't in a hurry to leave or nothing, which is super cool. And I actually. Um, Max and his dad got to sell this from Baldy, and they gave it to me, which is super, super selfless of them. It was really awesome That's to get awesome. it to me to remember. But even though it ended up being the Saskatoon sellers, <laughs> wasn't even the one from <laughs> from the show in Minnesota. Yeah, Baldy went back and found one just taped somewhere. So we got Sean and Mike to sign that. We talked for you know not forever, but it seemed like it was quite a while. You know, we talked about. With Mike about the Raiders and football and the Quill Mac trade. You know, I'm a big Bears fan. He's a Raiders fan. And just kind of shot the shit a little bit. And um, hoping William would come out and Jerry, of course, would come out to get all the signatures on the set list. And just to, you know, get a picture and just to say thank you, dude. Like, more than anything, just thank you for putting me up there. It was, it was I'll never forget that. Right. They never came out, unfortunately, but uh, it was still it was still a really good night, though. It was pretty unbelievable. The next morning, so I got back to the hotel. I walked back to the hotel probably like 2 a.m. I got up by, I don't know, 7.30 the next morning, and just like, first thing I thought of, like, okay, did that really happen? It did, right? Like, it, tell me it actually happened, and, and uh, checked Instagram. The first thing I seen on my phone, hit Instagram, is can chill. Literally, I'm not making this up. Literally, the first thing. I opened my phone, hit Instagram, hoping I see something cool, and the first thing I seen was Cantrell posted that picture that I have on my Facebook profile picture right now of me and him and Herb on stage, so that's pretty awesome. And then I think I made uh, the photographer in autonomy. I made his Instagram page and then his Facebook page, and then that Brian Herb put a picture on his Facebook page, too, or he was tagging a page for... Said something about watch out for Herb Imposters in Minneapolis. I think I had a picture of me and Mike Inez. So yeah, it's pretty neat. That's yeah, dude. That's so crazy. So I got I got two questions. I'm sure there'll be more. Uh, first one: Are you still wearing those bib overalls right now? <laughs> no, but I did let my wife wash them. They was just hung up in my closet. <laughs> very well, very well played. Uh, second question: What was more uh, of a, a moment in your life? Um, your son being born? Oh, man. I just, I just can't, don't even answer that. <laughs> I was two, more, I was two more con- vastly different things. Both. Was, yeah. Well, nice cover, dude. I was more concerned about the bib overalls, honestly. Um, we, we might have issues if you're still wearing those, dude. I get it. It's cool, <laughs> but. That they were comfy, stinks. man. I'm going to wear them again. That denim stinks, is that what you said? Yep. <laughs> and then, and then the very next day, you just freaking drove right back. Very next morning, I got up. We went and got breakfast. So there's another show, I think, uh, in Denver, right in August. Yeah, I think it's like August. Must be like the twentieth or twenty second. I think something like that. How, how do you top that, dude? Can you top that, or is it just like you know what? That was a one and done. Well, it'll, no, it'll never be topped. Like yeah. there's no way because it'll never happen again. Like they don't pull people up on stage. I mean. I don't even. I'm sure they obviously they have. I mean, they've played thousands of shows, but they don't. You know, I think a lot of bands kind of shy away from it, especially since Dimebag. You know, the, from a security standpoint, yeah, safety. exactly. Yep. You know, just a lot of fucking wackos out there. You know what I mean? And and it'll never happen again. Um, 
I, I, would, I would love, I would absolutely, and this is asking for too much. I've already gotten more than any person should, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is asking too much, but I'd love to be able to meet those band members again someday and say, hey, man, like, do you remember me dressing up as Herb, you know, in Minneapolis? And and I, w- I would hope, I don't know if they would or not. I- I'd love if they remembered it. Like, I know if it was me, my memory's so bad, like, I wouldn't probably remember it. But I'd love man. if they'd be like, oh, dude, that was you. That's badass. You yeah, know what I mean? Dude. I don't know if they'd forget something like that, dude, just with all the time they spent into it and bringing you up and all that yeah, stuff, Yeah, it's so out of the norm for them to do that that they... Maybe they wouldn't forget it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it, it's I mean, hard I, saying. I've seen them probably four or five times, and I've never seen them bring anybody up on stage. And I know that's not a lot, but add that with all the times you've seen them. Yeah, exactly. Know, it's not, yeah. not a normal thing ever, let alone, you know, after uh, Dimebag Daryl, you know? Yeah, after everything. So, you know, it's it's it'll never get better than that, but it's I'm just glad that it happened. Yeah, dude, Dusty, I, I, man, I don't know. That's probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever heard about, you know. And and yeah, it's not fair to try to compare that to, to the birth of your your son, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's right up there with with some of those moments that you'll never forget for sure. And uh, I, yeah, dude, I mean, it, it's gonna be tough for you ever to top that. I mean, I, I, if anybody can do it, it's you, just based off of everything that you know about the band and the commitment that you have to do something like that like i will be the first to tell you and i think joe is with me there's no way in hell i'm sitting outside the venue for four hours standing or sitting before a show just not at that point in my life where that's something i want to do dusty i i appreciate it man it's a great story to tell dude and and we'll get this out so the family and and your wife and for sure your brother and everybody can hear this and and probably be the third or fourth time they hear it from you uh it seems like every time you're still like hey hey pinch me man did this shit really happen or not yeah the the monday when i the monday after easter apparently that was on they talked about me on x-rock here the the local radio rock radio station i didn't (laughs) that's funny well, Mr. Hirsch, I better uh, I better have you sign off, dude. I appreciate it again, man, and we'll have you back on soon. Can't get to talk about some more of those road stories for sure, homie. We got them. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely anytime, man. Thank you. See ya. Holy hell, that was a great interview from Dusty Hirsch, dude. That is just an insane story about what happened to him um, April 19th, right before Easter, and seeing Alice in Chains and being on stage, dude. That is just crazy. That's once in a lifetime. Like you guys said, they don't do that. No, very rarely. I, I mean, I've never seen him. I've seen probably Alice in Chains five or six times. I've never seen him bring anybody on stage. Yeah, that's sick, man. That's crazy. I'm jelly. Almost as crazy as fucking Game of Thrones this week, dude. It was a lot to take in. I'll be honest. Like the first like third of it, my internet was pretty sketch, so I had to buffer a few times. I was getting I was getting pissed. Dude, is that your internet or is that HBO Go, dude? Because you know everybody's banging away at it. Everybody's using their grandma's uncle's second removed sister's account to get on that son of a bitch to watch this episode. You know it was my internet. That's probably true, dude. Based off very rural, very very Midwest rural, nasty. It was your internet. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. nasty. Yeah. But with fucking social media, dude, you're so concerned about stuff like that, just like Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. of spoilers. Right. I remember going through Twitter, and I was halfway through the episode and seeing some stuff that I, I, I buzzed through very quickly because I didn't want any sort of spoilers that you just can't get away from. Right, man. I think Reddit's the only like option for social media if you're avoiding spoilers. Yeah, they're pretty hardcore, dude. They ban yeah. people. 
Banhammer. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, they everything's blurred out, and it just spoiler, big spoiler banner on it, so yeah. you don't you don't fuck up. IGN, another site I go to quite a bit just for gaming news and stuff. They do the same kind of thing. If you're about to walk into a spoiler, they let you know, at least based off the article. The other factor that you always got to consider, dude, is people's comments. You have no idea what you're about mm-hmm. walking into. So I avoid those. Just avoid reading those. Yeah. But Game of Thrones, episode three, last season. Holy hell. That was that was a battle. That was a battle royale. Dude, it was all 80 minutes, man. It was just constant. Oh, It was ups and downs, mostly downs. Mostly downs. A lot of downed, dead people. Dude, the beginning. All right, so like the Dothraki. So they send these fools out on their horses just like, you can't see anything, but we'll just have you guys lead the charge, you know? We'll just stay back here with our trebuchets and all that. And then, yeah, they just let them die off. I don't know, it's kind of messed up. So when Melisandre showed up and lit all their weapons on fire, mm-hmm. and then how they, they sent them, how they charged... And you're kind of pumped up, but you're also very cautious as a viewer. I think we knew what was going to happen. Uh, you, you really did. And then you <laughs> saw it, and then the lights just kind of kept going out yeah. and going out and going out. And next thing you know, you see some horses come in and uh, you know people retreating and those kinds of things. You're like, oh, man, this it's on. You know, this is That's there is no. Good. Yeah, it's, it, is that bad? It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> and you start thinking that there is no bureaucracy here. Because you always think, like, maybe it's going to have a crazy-ass turn or something where the Night King talks with Bran, blah, 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 blah. Very low possibility, don't get me wrong. But that sure certainly was not going to happen, man. This is There's going to be a lot of death here. There's definitely a theory for that, though. I mean... Is it really? Yeah. I don't well, get into a lot of the lore and the theories. I just kind of watch it. That's my jam, dude. Like, lunch breaks and stuff. YouTube. Nice, nice. YouTube it up. Might have to check it out when the series all wrapped up, you know, maybe kind of get a different spin on things. Why? I don't know, dude, because when it's gone, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, that's just not, it won't be the same then, man. I'll pour out a beer, you know what I mean, for my dead homies. I mean, the show being dead and then all the people who died in the show. I heard But this episode, I think the everybody's kind of thought processes was behind it was that there was going to be a lot of key characters that wouldn't be with us anymore. Mm -hmm. And other than Khaleesi's bodyguard, Jorah, Jorah dying. And, and then, uh, who was that gal? The girl's name that killed the giant. Lyanna Mormont. Yes. I think that was really it. Wasn't it? Everybody else made it. Cousins. You know that they're cousins. I I did not know that. It even makes it extra sad. It does make it extra sad, but you had, um, everybody else. Well, I guess Theon. I, Theon did too. He, yeah. he did his last stand with the the, the king, but uh, that didn't that didn't go well. No. But it was honorable. It was honorable. Right. Uh, but what else is he gonna do? I I don't know. Try to throw the spear. I I don't know. But he had to redeem himself, and and I think he he accomplished that. Yeah, that was that was pretty huge for Bran to say that say all that stuff to him. How about Beric Dondarrion's death? Who the fuck's that? <laughs> <laughs> the dude with the eye patch, man, who uh, helped save Arya. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest like, in peace, eye patch guy. That's why he was resurrected like 17 times. The Lord of Light wanted him to 
save Arya so she could go freaking go fucking assassin on his ass. Yeah. The Night King. Hmm. That was straight. That was some Michael Jordan with the moves with the knife, dude. That was insane. That was so good. That was that same move that she did on Brienne when they were sparring last season, too. No, no shit. Yep. God damn. I must have a shitty memory, dude, or I just don't pay attention to stuff like you do. I think it's it's most it's both, but mostly the second one probably. Which I already forgot what was the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are we? <laughs> you don't even know where you are right now. Where's I my know. pants? I'm scared. Save me, sir. <laughs> I don't even know you, mister. It's like Benjamin Button. So out of that that out of that episode, was there anything that you would have changed? There's a couple things I have. But what about you? Oof, put me on the spot there, man. Goddamn right I am. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, as a, as a filmmaker, what would I have changed? No, story wise, I don't. Filmmaker, I think we both have. Uh, I think we both agree that there's some scenes that were very dark. They yeah. were tough to see. Try, try to tough to follow along. Uh, that would probably be the only thing, unless you have something else from a filmmaker behind the camera aspect. It would just be that. And I've seen some stuff on Twitter and stuff that a lot of people that agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. I think more storyline. Was there anything else that you're expecting or something you would have changed? I don't know, man. Like any any complaint, you know, I also expected a lot of people to die that episode. Yeah. Yep. But you got to remember, you know, there there's still 3 episodes left. I mean, half the season is left and this is this is this fight's going to be even more dirty. Like sure they fought the dead, but now you're fighting against Cersei and the Golden right, Company but and like, a full army against... I mean, their numbers are completely decimated. This this was the easy battle, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, when it comes to the culmination in the fact that there's still three more episodes left, this was the easy fight. What? what? Like, mind-blown. Like, when yeah. I stop and think about that, oh, you're talking about the dead. You're talking about they kill a bunch of your guys. Jon Snow going up against the Night King... You know, trying to sneak up on him, turning around, and next thing you know, everybody who just died that was fighting for Jon Snow in Winterfell and just overall the living, next thing you know, they're they're raised and they're dead, and you have like the second level fight yet. You haven't even defeated all the original dead people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and now you still have Cersei to go after, and your your numbers are decimated, and you have to go in there. Golden Company, you know, yeah. Euron's crew, and he crazy. Yeah, man, he nasty. He's crazy. He is nasty. I don't know. I don't. Who knows what they're gonna, what they have planned, man? We don't know what Bronn's gonna do. Cersei gave Bronn that freaking crossbow to kill Jaime and Tyrion, which he's not gonna do. Let's be real. Right. Well, if there's I mean, two guys t- that he actually care about or you know like enough not to kill, it'd be those guys. But does Cersei Cersei know that? She's a dumb bitch, man. <laughs> well, I'm not disagreeing there, but she's kind of <laughs> conniving, kind of sneaky. Is. She is. So it makes you Very wonder. Very cunning. But based off shrewd. previous previous interactions with Tyrion, hey, if you're ever in a position where you're going to kill me, I will double the money or triple yeah. or whatever he said. Yeah. So I just don't know. It's three ep- oh. It's such a good show. Well, now I'm I'm wondering too, you know, like are they gonna have two episodes of a build up and then uh last one, you know, just uh end it all? Or is it gonna be more like 
uh, mostly exposition. This one, and then it starts to get you know, it starts to get heated, and then the big climax is episode five, and then episode six is kind of the is that tying uh, up loose ends or what does right. that look like? Yeah, I mean, kind of like the almost like the end of the Lord of the Rings or something like that, you know, oh. where everybody's happy but certain people have to leave, you know. Yeah, I mean, it can't be like a climax right there at the last five minutes of the whole series. Yeah, I think these writers are too good to do something like that where they've had the opportunity, they know when the end was because if it's it was their choice to end it. This isn't HBO saying this is your last season or anything. This is mm-hmm. a cash cow for them. These yeah. writers have had the opportunity to write in plenty of time the best material, the best ending that they can come up with. And after this, after the episode last night, they were very specific that they couldn't let it be Jon Snow up against the Night King because it was what was expected. Yeah. And then seeing Arya sneak attack switch the blade you know because you thought oh she's caught like this was our last hope Mm -hmm. and to still be able to shank the night king and save tons of lives because everybody all all of the favorite characters uh, minus the two we talked about who are in fact dead and were brought back from the dead were close to death yeah and so now kind of locked and loaded like i think with jamie going up against cersei i mean it's just another plot you know, it just continues to thicken of what that's going to look like. Yeah. And we can't forget either. It's not just battling Cersei. Like, we have that. There's a bit of a conflict there with Danny and John, And, I mean, we're not sure who's going to be on the Iron Throne, you know. I Did any of them expect to still be alive after the fight with the dead? No. You know, now the plot thickens even more because, yeah, there's there's that kind of a big deal. And, and, and Danny was so dead set on being on the iron throne when really she has absolutely no right to it compared to john right yeah that's all she's lived for really is to do to take the iron throne so i mean she's got she's got some explaining to do right there's gonna be some moral decisions that need to be made across the board how about when melisandre was talking to Arya before she disappeared for um, a conspicuous length of time when she's like, I said, I, I said we'd meet again, and she said I've closed some eyes forever. Arya said I've closed some eyes forever, and then Melisandre was like, brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes, and I was like, what the hell is she talking about? I didn't quite hear what Arya said. I was like, whose eyes? I felt like an idiot. Then I, you know, looked it up afterwards, and I was like, wow, they called this one. They called this shot back in season three, man. Yeah. She closed a lot of blue eyes forever. Yep. Boom. The dead. Yep. And then, yeah, coming out of there and just, just, you know, after Theon dying and Night King not saying a word, but just going in there for the kill. Guy in a brand <laughs> in a wheelchair. I'm like, dude, that's not cool, man. How about how freaking just like badass the Night King looked when he's rolling into the Godswood with his posse of White Walkers? It was pretty badass. I, I can't wait to see, like see all the all the videos people make of him rolling in with different music in the background. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be funny, man. Meme <laughs> city, meme <laughs> city. And then like, cool. when he smiled at Danny when she tried to light him up with dragon fire. That, that was kind of smirk, funny. dude. Like, damn, dude, this guy's for real. Hey, you knew that it wasn't gonna be that easy. Come on, man. It's like, oh, game over. Let's all go. Hmm, I don't think so. It yeah. all came down to the uh, the dragon glass, you know. 
Valyrian and steel. Valyrian steel. Yeah, dumb fucked up. And then, uh, so so when Bran was a three eyed raven for pretty much all the episode, what the hell was he doing? I don't know, man. Right? Just, like he had a good view, this, I guess. Does does it make you wonder that he knew? That he was gonna make it, and he was looking at something else, like he knows stuff about Cersei, maybe, or was he just flying around with the Night King? You, you know, like you didn't offer any help. It sounds like. Well, he must have known what was happening. That's why he gave Arya that blade. Oh. He gave her that blade in season seven, which is also the one that that assassin tried to kill him with back in season one, episode two. Wow. Yeah. You are still trapped, dude. I do a lot of if, research on this. You know, you the videos I watch and the reading I do. If you could apply some of this stuff to the everyday life, dude, you'd be so much further ahead. It's kind of useless. The knowledge that you have? The trivial knowledge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It does nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. makes for good a podcast that like 20 people listen to. Maybe. Yeah. We got to interview more people and we get more listens. Uh, I hope so. Man, that's the plan. So anyway, Brown. Still need some sponsors. Love that money. Mm, heard that. Maybe energy drinks, apparently. I am drinking a, uh, a monster right now. But anyways. Nasty. So Brand on. doing his warging thing for the entire episode. Uh, like He knew he knew what Arya was going to do. He, he he knew that from the beginning, I think. But yeah, what I don't know what the hell he would have been doing that whole time. You know, warging into those crows. Was he was he trying to communicate with Arya as a crow? Maybe I mean, is this all, are we gonna find some of this stuff out later? I don't know. They don't seem to like go back and enlighten us on anything. That's true. Like they they don't they don't do it cheaply anyways. They might yeah. they might be able to use a a better form of storytelling to do so, but there's never any like like backtracking or a flashback that would just kind of and you know detail something more for us it's it happened right. and catch, we're moving on catch, now catch people up that don't have all that wonderful trivial tri- trivia that you have yeah mm. trivial trivia that you have that's a tongue twister that is for sure man for sure but maybe i mean you would think you'd be able to use that when it comes to cersei too and be like hey guys she's got the golden company they're going here here and here so um don't and they have a big ass <laughs> crossbow so don't go there and so watch out for the dragons. Yeah. Well, is there, yeah. how many dragons are available? Left, just the one, right? Nope, two. Two. There is two con- still. It's confirmed. Yeah, obviously you saw Drogon there trying to uh, comfort Danny after she lost Jorah. Yep. But Rhaegal, yep. I mean, you just saw John fall off Rhaegal or whatever. Yeah. Before he tried to charge the Night King. But I think in the next week's trailer... You can see both dragons. You see a red one and a green one. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It should be good. I was worried about that too. And FYI, John's direwolf ghost is in the next episode too. So. Oh, you saw him. Hopefully, we get to see him light somebody up. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that in this episode. You saw him fighting, or that Maybe. he was part of the fight. Yeah, he charged with the <clears throat> with the Dothraki, but he was he must have turned around. He's like, and he's like, nah, this is a bad idea. Like, I'm a wolf. I know these things. Like, good luck, guys. <laughs> these guys stink. I gotta I be here. I gotta be here for next week's episode. <laughs> they got they got me in the budget this time. You're a CGI wolf, man. What the hell are you talking about? Hopefully, Nymeria, uh, Arya's wolf, is in in this season too. I don't know if you remember yeah. her. Kind of, like, Arya was walking through the woods and ran into 
Nymeria leading a wolf pack. Dang. And then, you know, she talked to her or whatever, and then she ran. They, they went their separate ways. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Nymeria again. In the he, books, he, there's a lot more connection with the Starks and their, their wolves. So Yeah, yeah. Is there any other surprises that we should be looking forward to? So we talked about the one person that we'd see that we haven't seen yet, which was Melzandria, who is, is now dead. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I don't know, man. I feel like they've kind of... I mean, we said that... I think the I cards are did, on the table. We did say that last time, and that's the one gal that we said. Well, she Yara, did show up. Yara Greyjoy. At well, but we've seen her, though. Her we've I already know. seen her. We know, know that she's she got some... She went back to the Iron Islands. Yep, yep. In case they had to retreat or whatever. I mean, yeah. like, if they're retreating to the Iron Islands, we're doomed, but... Yeah, you guys are fucked, too. <laughs> it's not in your favor. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just get back to... John sneaking up on the Night King, and you think like, "Is this where it's gonna happen?" At the next yeah. thing you know, he's pretty much snapping his finger like, "Yeah, I, you ain't nothing, man. I'm busy. <laughs> Deal with all these dead." Yeah, that was a really good episode. It was. It was really good. Subverting the expectations a lot. Yeah, so. all, all the all the feelings, excitement, yeah. nervousness. Yeah, as soon as they're in the crypt, dude. You know what I mean? It's like, oh man, everybody's gonna die now. Yeah. I was definitely getting pretty pretty dire. Yeah. It's the safest spot. Well, that might be the safest spot, but it's not impenetrable. Yeah. There's not many shows or movies that you watch where you like you have that same despair cuz you really don't know with Game of Thrones. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, especially those that haven't read the books or have any idea and I don't know how close they are to sticking to the book, but knowing that I mean you got to know something's going to happen because there's still three episodes left, but you don't really know what. Yeah. And just based off of social networking and Twitter and stuff, you're like, there's a good chance of half our characters, if not more, are going to die tonight. Yeah. They, they intentionally, they, you know, kind of tightened, tied some loose ends up for a lot of characters last episode so that you would, I mean, we expected Jamie to die, Brienne to die, Jorah to die. Uh, who else? Podrick. I don't know. I didn't really expect Podrick to die yet. Oh, okay. Just because you heard well, Did you expect him to live? You're like, oh, that guy's going to live. Big Dick Pod. Yeah, I expect <laughs> him to live. The man with the golden dick. So, next episode. Any surprises? What do you think it is? Just a build up? Another another kind of episode one, episode two? Well, they showed us. Set the stage. They're, you know, they're kind of. It's, it seemed like they were happy they were having a supper. And Danny's there, you know, and saying, we won the battle against the dead, and now we'll win the battle for the throne or something like that. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she had a smile, and people were happy. Obviously, they're alive, you know. But I guess, I, I, I think it's going to be like a happy tone, and then some shit's going to go down. That's my prediction. So all in the same episode, or it's happy tone, ends on a cliffhanger of some shitty stuff, ready for the next episode. I say shitty stuff's going to happen before the end of the episode. All right. So, back to Vegas. Who's sitting on that Iron Throne by the season, by the time the series is over? I think it'll be Sansa. Huh. I don't even know who to think right now, man. I think think the writers are going to not go the obvious route, being Jon Snow again. Mm -hmm. I think... I think Arya had her her light, had her opportunity to shine. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're gonna put her there either. You know? And is it is it cool man Tarly? Huh? 
He's not a ruler, dude. He's not. No, he's not. He's not a ruler at all, dude. Either was the sword and the stone. Did, the did kid, you, man. Did you see him laying down on that pile of bodies and just stabbing left and stabbing right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of crying a little bit. Yeah, I would be too, dude. I'd been, I'd been bawling like a little bitch. All right. Well, it's like never-ending battle, dude. You gotta think these guys are swinging them heavy-ass swords, and they just keep coming, man. I, I think it'd be like the the same PTSD, the, the same mental toll that like Vietnam would be. Because like they'd be in battle, and then they helicopter you to another battle. You know, you you really didn't have a break. You had no respite. Don't stop. Just never constant, stop. constant trauma. Oof. Sam will never be the same. Yeah. I don't know, man. So you're thinking Sansa is on the is on the throne. Yep. Who do you think is gonna kill Cersei? Who do you think? Tyrion. Really? No. Jamie. Jamie. If I had to put money on it, I think Jamie's gonna kill her. I think so too, just because of uh like that that's a prophecy. They kinda set the They set everything up for that. Or do you think that Jamie turns and loves his sister slash wife slash mother of his kids who I don't think any of them are still alive if I recall. They're dead. You know what I mean? Or do they just play on that yet he makes the right decision because, well, it's the right decision. I think he has completed his his character arc, man. There's no way he goes back. Yeah. And I I still think they got a couple surprises in their sleeve, man. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Otherwise it'd be a waste of three episodes. Because whoever whoever would have thought the Hound was going to punk out like a little bitch. I did. I did he's, not. He's terrified of fire, man. Really? Yeah, that's his whole thing, because the mountain, when they were kids, like, they were, I don't know, what the hell, the hound, like, broke the mountain's toy or some bullshit like that, so then the mountain threw, like, shoved his face into the fire, and that's oh. why the hound's face is all jacked up. Yeah. So, anyway, the him surviving <clears throat> sets us up for Clegane Bowl. I don't know if you ever heard of that. We're going to see the hound and the mountain zombie fight by the end of the season that's gonna happen it's all but confirmed at this point why else is he alive the mountain or Clegane the hound or or both oh the hound yeah the hound is Clegane right so is the mountain their brother's mountain oh that's their surname that a boy there's Sander Clegane which is the Hound, and then there's Gregor Clegane, who's the Mountain. Oh, yep. the Hound. Okay, all right. I should have paid attention more. Should have paid attention in class. There was no class, man. It Wash was Sundays in my house. Wash that ass. Wash that ass. Soap and water. <laughs> Soap and water. Um, Yoda, you trying to punk me out like a little bitch? Mm-hmm. Wash <laughs> the dishes, you must. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video of him in the bird song or whatever? Dude, I love that. Oh shit, dude, that's too funny. Stop it gets it, a little. It does, it, it does get a little old after a while. I don't know. I love it. Kind of repetitive, but yeah, it's 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 a hell of a good laugh though. It's yeah, that's really good. So we have three episodes left. Game of Thrones will be years before we ever see any sort of side prequel. Blah 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 blah. The hell do we watch after it's done? I don't know. Man. Start over. Start over. That's an option, but it's such an epic series. Like I, I was gonna try that, but I didn't have the time. So then I was gonna try to just watch like episode reviews again, but I couldn't even do that because I don't know. 
I have to wait a little bit, I guess. Yeah, got to let it soak in of but, whatever ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, you experience it all once, and you watch it again, and it's just kind of, I don't know. I can't watch it over and over again. Some of the best writers in the business, though. Yep. Hmm. Well, once again, I, I think uh, I think we got to give kudos to Mr. Dusty Hirsch talking about Alice Chain's super fan and going up there on the stage in Minneapolis. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Talked Game of Thrones in the battle, the biggest battle ever. And, uh, and, and holy shit, you know, I think it kind of left everybody a little bit of surprise, a little excite, a little bit of excitement, sad at, at first, you know, sad during the episode. I mean, every, all the feelings, all the feels were in that episode. And, uh, I think we're both in that position where we can't wait till next Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. going to start to build up for once again, like we're halfway home now, you know, there's only three episodes left of, of this amazing show artwork whatever that has the nation just infatuated with it the world the world the whole world so once again watch game of thrones next sunday hell yes exciting times little joe always a pleasure dude love catching up love talking game of thrones love texting during it thanks for not spoiling anything you're a hell of a guy, little guy. Thanks, man. Don't uh, don't spoil Endgame for me. Uh, I won't. Endgame tomorrow with the family is going to be awesome. I'm a little nervous that it's three hours long, but you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna see that. That's rough. You can't. You're not. You're not good for that. Good for what? Three hours? Yeah. I'll be fine. Kids, on the other hand, it's a different story. Oof. True that. Oof. Duh. Well, until we hear from you. Till you hear from us next week, I'm Big Rob, the squirrely voice that you hear every once in a while, definitely not during the interviews, is Little Joe. Bye. And we're signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of the Midwest Babylon podcast. Thank you, Dusty Hirsch, Alice Jane superfan. Thanks for listening to us talk about Game of Thrones. The battle may have been won, but the war is still ongoing.